I want to call your attention to uh, Psalms 91, Psalms 91. And one of the things I want to do here um, this day is to remind you of, of what God is doing in the life in the life of the ship. Well, in January, we began uh, our theme for the year entitled Seeking Him, Seeking Him in All That We Do. That is our desire as a people of God and as a local congregation. That is to seek him in all that we do. We began this journey uh, seeking him in our relationships. For the month of January and February, we talked about uh, the sermonic theme, You Make Me Crazy. And I know many of you can certainly testify that there's somebody in your house, that there's somebody on your job, there's somebody in your neighborhood uh, that has certainly made you crazy. Maybe it was a government official who has made you crazy, but it, we talked about seeking him in our relationships. And then we moved a little bit further, and we talked about seeking him in our stewardship. We discovered that our stewardship is more than just simply our money. It also consists of our time, consists of our talents, that is the gifts that God has given to each and every one of us. We discovered that every one of us have at least one gift because God has been so gracious that nobody can say that he has been unfair. He has given each and every one of us a gift. And so we talked about our time and our talent and then our treasure. And so today, I want to I want to press the envelope a little bit further as we look up, uh, focus on this idea of seeking him in uncertainty. Can you say that with me? Seeking him in uncertainty. That's what we are seeking to do. So I want us to bow for a word of prayer, and uh, we're going to come right back here and read uh, Psalms 91 verses 1 and 2 for our hearing. And we want to hear what God has to say to us on this another Lord's Day. Let's bow forward a prayer. Father, how we thank you. How we thank you for your great love for us. In that while we were yet sinners, you allowed your son Christ, Jesus, to die on our behalf. And we thank you so much for his death. Thank you for his burial. We thank you most importantly for his resurrection. That on that great Sunday morning, he got up with all power in his hands, securing our so great a salvation. And we bless your holy name. Now, God, as we open up the pages of your book on this day in which many of us are having to shelter in place, and maybe there's some who are viewing and listening in right now who, whose city or state is quarantined, uh, God, I pray uh, that you will speak to our hearts on this day, even in the midst of this unpleasant uncertainty. Uh, speak to our hearts. Show us uh, our next step. And uh, we'll be careful, Father, to give you the praise. It is in Jesus' name that we pray and ask it all. All of God's people said amen. Psalms 91, Psalms 91, uh, verses 1 and 2, reading from the New International Version of the Scriptures, you will find these words. The word of God says in verse 1, whoever dwells, uh, listen to this, whoever dwells, I, I got to try that one more time, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High 
will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Can I read that for your hearing one more time? Because that just felt good to me. The psalmist says, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. And I, that's the person who dwells, you get that? And I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Would you look at the person who's sitting in the living room with you or maybe who's in your bedroom with you listening to this program uh, this morning? Would you just tell them, ask them this question, can I trust God? Can I trust God? Can I trust God? In fact, I want you to just type that. If you're watching this right now, just go ahead and enter that right there in the chat. I need you to put that in there. Can I trust God? Well, my brothers and sisters, uh, uh, we are living uh, in great times of uncertainty. And all over this world, countries, states, and cities are facing various degrees of uncertainty. In fact, I was reviewing statistics this morning, and the most uh, recent statistics state that the coronavirus has affected 683,583 people in the world in which we live. This pandemic has taken, listen to this, 32,144 lives. That means families and factories and foreign and local governments are facing unprecedented uncertainty. And this pandemic crisis has altered the way in which we live. Cities and states uh, face quarantines and shelter-in-place recommendations from local officials. And people are encouraged and, uh, and educated to distance themselves socially. I pray that you are practicing those truths. And uh, schools are closed. Movie theaters and concert halls are closed. Life as we know it has changed. And I don't know about you, but, but, but I'm not comfortable with uncertainty. I said I'm not comfortable with uncertainty. There is, my brothers and sisters, something unsettling about uncertainty. Uncertainty, if you will, will leave you disoriented. Uncertainty, if you're not careful, will disrupt your way of life. And I come by this morning sitting, yes, in my living room to remind you that I'm not comfortable with uncertainty. I'll be the first to admit it, that I don't like not knowing where I'm going. Uh, I said I don't like not knowing where I'm going. Whenever me and uh, I'm going on a trip, I take time to research where I'm going because I don't want to be caught unaware. You're not hearing what I'm saying. I don't want to be found in a neighborhood that I shouldn't be in. I don't want to go down the street that I know I shouldn't be driving down. I am not comfortable with uncertainty. And, and I don't know. I don't like not knowing where I'm going. Why? Because it's uncomfortable. It's frustrating. It fills me with anxiety uh, to know that my route and my routine and my destination is unclear. 
And that's somebody who's watching me this morning, maybe sitting here in my house who don't know how this thing is going to turn out. Maybe somebody's watching at home and they're wondering, where will my provisions come from? What's going to happen with my job? How long will this last? Will this be my new normal? Maybe, uh, and I want to suggest to you this morning that when life is uncertain and you are unsure about which way to go, two of the scariest words in life is trust me. Y'all not feeling me like I need you to. I'm telling you, if I was at uh, 15730 West Hardy, my voice would change right about that. But, 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 but two of the most scariest words in life is, trust me. Yet we all know that uh, these words, trust, is uh, one of the core attributes of a successful relationship. If a relationship is going to be strong, if it's going to be stable, if a relationship is going to be secure, there has got to be a certain level of trust. And somebody listening to me this morning knows that trust is an important thing. And brothers and sisters, somebody can testify that many relationships have failed because somebody has betrayed trust. And I, I've been blessed, I said I've been blessed to join couples together all over the city, all over the state. And before I pronounce them husband and wife, I look them in the eye and ask them, do you promise to love, to honor, and to obey? And do you promise uh, to, as a husband or a wife, never to betray the trust, the, the marital vows, the marital commitment that you are making on this day, but, but many relationships have failed and collapsed and faltered because, here it is, of a lack of trust. Trust bonds couples together. Trust is to a marriage what, what more is to bricks and a wall. Y'all not going to say amen. I said trust is uh, what bonds them together. And I want to suggest this morning that trust is the foundation of any relationship. It's the cornerstone. It, it is the bedrock of relationships. Trust is the ability to be totally real, totally authentic, and totally unguarded with the one you love. Did you hear that? I said trust is the ability to be totally real, to be totally authentic and totally unguarded with the one that you love. The question, uh, can you trust the question is, can you trust God in the midst of uncertainty? Can you trust God when you can't see your way? Can you trust God when you're facing adversity? Can you trust God even when your heart is aching? This message this morning is for the one who has faced uh, a pregnancy miscarriage. This, this message is for the one who has lost a job. This message is for the one who's been... Uh, whose job has put them on furlough. This message is for the one who's been in an auto accident. This message is for somebody who has a rebellious son or a rebellious daughter. This message is even for uh, uh, the college student who's got an unfair 
professor, this message is for the one who've had hurt and who've had heartaches that, uh, that should have made the front page of our local news. I said this message is for the one who understands that adversity is difficult even when we know God is in control of our circumstances. And I want to suggest that it is, yes, this knowledge that aggravates our pain. It's this knowledge that perplexes our spirit because the truth of the matter is all of us <laughs> will face adversity. I said all of us are going to face adversity in various forms and at different times. I was reading just the other day best-selling book written by this secular psychiatrist and they put it very well with in the opening statement of the book here's what they said my brothers and sisters this this secular psychiatrist just put it out as simply and as plain as he could he just simply said life is difficult oh y'all missed that he said life is difficult, which means that you don't have to be a child of God. You don't have to be an unbeliever to understand that life is tough. Life is difficult. And somebody watching online can testify that life is difficult. I said life is difficult. Life is not only difficult, but life is also filled with uncertainty. And maybe I'm talking to the breadwinner of the family who's anxious because they lost a job. Maybe uh, I can get a witness from the frustrated one whose hopes and dreams were dashed. Maybe I can get a witness from one whose business has turned sour because COVID-19 has shut you down. Maybe you've experienced the sting of injustice or the dull ache of loneliness or the stabbing pain of unexpected grief. Maybe y'all ain't hearing what I'm saying. Maybe you've been humiliated by others. But all of these encounters and all of these experiences, here it is, where down our spirit it wears it down over time and it makes us ask the question can God be trusted it's not the catastrophic event that makes us doubt it's the it's the little events it's the little frustrations it's the little anxieties it's the little fires y'all hear what I'm saying it's the little disappointments it's, the, it's those little things that tempt us to fret to fume and to fear and it is Yes, in the crucible of adversity that we are tempted to wonder, can I trust God? Have you ever been there? Have you ever wondered if God can be trusted? Have you ever wondered if you can trust God with your today and with your tomorrow? And I want to suggest this morning that it is the uncertainty that solicits the question, can I trust God? It is the unknown and the uncertainties that breach that trust well in our text this morning at least i hold you too long this morning it is filled with uncertainties we have the first of all the uncertainty of authorship <laughs> we don't we don't know who wrote this song unlike the other psalms uh, we, they got a name we we understand and know who wrote it we we know who wrote psalms 23 we know David picked up his pen and he said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. We know that it was Asaph who picked up his pen in Psalm 73 and he wrote, truly God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. But as for me, my feet had almost stumbled. My steps had nearly slipped for here it is. He says, I was envious of the arrogant when I, saved, when I saw the prosperity 
of the wicked. We, we don't know who wrote this song, but some, some uh, suggest that perhaps uh, it was Moses who penned it. Some, some say that maybe it was David who picked it up, but theologians help us. They say that if you want to know who wrote an unnamed psalm, you look at the psalm at the one who wrote the psalm before it. <laughs> and uh, we know that, uh, that Moses wrote Psalm number 90. But listen to his words in 91. After he came through Psalm 90, he says, he says these words to us, those of us who are facing uncertainty. He says, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. He says, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my, my God in whom I trust. Can I give you these three things? And I'm going, uh, fix me some breakfast. Is that all right? Since I'm already in my house, I, I might as well go ahead and put on some bacon and some, some eggs and some biscuits. Yeah, Y'all in here, since I'm already in the house. There are three things the text tells us. It says you can trust God in the midst of uncertainty because first of all, the most high, here it is, is my sanctuary. He says the most high. He says you got to recognize that the most high is my sanctuary. He says, he says, whoever dwells, now first you got to not run by this. The only way that you can know that God is your sanctuary, can I give you number two? And not only that, but the most high is your strength. And can I throw in number three? That the most high is your savior is because, here it is, you have spent some time dwelling in the shelter of the most high. You see, you can't feel secure. You can't know him to be your sanctuary. You cannot know him to be your strength. You cannot appreciate him being your savior if you don't spend some time dwelling with him. You see, this word dwell is not some, some, some cute word. It, it, it's a word that means to spend some time. It, it's not the idea of one who passes through. It is one who lives in a place. It's one who has taken up residence somewhere. And Moses tells us, I said, that's who I believe it is. If Moses wrote this, Moses says, look here, out of everything that I've been through, I understand that there is no greater place to be than in the presence of God. Moses, you remember Moses, don't you? Moses, ah, after he delivered the people from Israel, listen to what he did. One day after he, he had brought them uh, through the Red Sea and they're in the wilderness and they're about to get to the Magna Carta of the, of the church. You're not hearing what I'm saying. They, they're about to get the rules. They're about to get the Ten Commandments. He, he spent some time with God and, and something happened to Moses. The more time that he spent with God, his, the book says that his appearance changed. Oh, y'all not feeling me. As he spent time in the sanctuary, that is, in the presence of God, in the abode of God, in the living place of God, Moses changed. Mm -mm. He was able to hear God when he spent time with him. He was able to see God when he spent time with him. And I cannot tell you something. You cannot appreciate him in uncertainty if you don't spend no time with him. 
I've discovered that everything starts to frustrate you and everything gets on your nerves and you start to worry and your anxiety level rises. The more that you are outside of his presence than it is when you are in his presence. Oh, you can. I didn't say that you won't go through some stuff. See, that's the problem. Most of us are under the impression that just because I'm in the family of God that I ought to be exempt from problems. This, I want you to know that this is not no college class. That just because you made an A the whole semester doesn't mean that you're going to get exempt from the exam. Sometimes you still have to take the test. Oh, y'all ain't feeling me right there. Oh, my goodness. He says the most high. He says the most high. The most high is my sanctuary. Psalm 55 uh, in the Good News Translation says this. I would hurry and find myself a shelter from the raging wind and the storm. See, that's what the sanctuary provides. It provides shelter when when the wind is, is howling and when the storm is raging. And he says, says that the more time that you spend with God, you find yourself in a safe place. My goodness, my goodness, my goodness. It, you, the more time you spend with him, you find yourself in a safe place. How do we spend time with him? I'm glad you asked. One is you got to, you got to make time. I said you got to make time. Can you just type that in right quick? Make time. But listen, what, but listen, but listen to just how wonderful God is. Right now, all we got is time. Unless you're an essential person, you can't go nowhere. You're locked in your house. You can go to the park. But you know, I've discovered that even if you have to leave your house for a moment, you never have to leave the presence of God. My goodness, I'm about to shout all by myself up in here. You see, that's the beauty of it. He says, hurry and find yourself a shelter from the raging wind and the storm. Can I give you number two as we press on? Not only uh, can you trust God in the midst of uncertainty because the most high is your sanctuary, but you can also uh, 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 trust God in the midst of uncertainty because the most high is your strength. Amen. Amen. It's right there in the text. I'll say to the Lord that he is here that my refuge and my fortress. See, the fortress was just simply the place of strength. When, 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 when Israel were under attack, they would, it was dangerous for them to be caught out in the open plains. It would be dangerous for them to be caught out in the wilderness. So what did they do? They made their way into the fortress. See, the fortress was the place of strength. And not only was it the place of strength, but it was also the place of support. <laughs> You see, what, what we do most of the times when we are, when life is beating us up, when, when we are facing uncertainties is we leave the fortress and we find ourselves out by ourselves. This text is tailored to teachers. Don't you run. Don't you leave the safety of the ship. Don't you leave the safety and the, 
and under support of the church. This is the, if there ever was a time we needed one another, grandma would say it sure is right now. He says, he says, the most high is our strength. Listen to Isaiah 41 verse 10. He said, fear not. <laughs> That's your one? He said, fear not. For here it is. I'm about to shout all by myself. For, for I am with you. Be not dismayed. I'm going to wake up everybody in the house. If the first lady sleep, I'm going to wake her up. If, if Brooklyn in her bed sleep, I'm about to wake everybody up. Because the text says, fear not, for I, I want my neighbors to hear this. For I am with you. That's what the Bible says. He says, be not dismayed, for I am your God. Here it is. What will I do? I will strengthen you. I will help you. And I will uphold you. My voice almost changed right there. <laughs> my, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Did, Y'all didn't hear that. He, he says the most high is your strength. And as long as you're in the fortress, you got everything you need. I said you got everything you need. That's why you don't have to be dismayed. That's why you don't have to be scared. That's why you don't have to be uncertain. That's why you don't have to be unsure. Because as long as you're in the sanctuary, you're, you're being his strength. Look at, I want you to type this right now. Type this in, right? Type this in the chat. You need to encourage your neighbor and say, neighbor, fear not. Fear not. Fear not. Don't you fear. Don't you fear. The reason you ought not fear is because God says, I am with you. Well, I got to let you go. I'm going to give you this last one. And, and I'm, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna fire up the, get the, get the, get the fire going here. Not only is the Most High our sanctuary, and not only is he our strength, but the text tells us that the Most High is our Savior. He's our Savior. Now, you might be wondering, where is that at in the text? I'm glad you asked. Moses says, listen to this. I'll say of the Lord, he is my refuge. And my fortress. Did you get that? He's my refuge. He's my fortress. I'm teaching, I'm teaching Bible study methods right here. My refuge, my fortress, my God. Y'all missed that. He's my refuge. He's my fortress. And he's my God. In other words, he said, he's my savior. Now, I don't know who your God is. Maybe you're still uncertain. Maybe you're still unsure. But he's telling us that as long as we dwell in the shelter of the Most High, you'll come to know who this God is. The more time you spend with him, the more you get to know him. And the more you get to know him, the more you can trust him. He says he's my God. <sighs> he's my God. You know, sometimes we just have to keep repeating that uh, because when you're in uncertain situations, you think you're in it by yourself. But the text says we're never alone. That he is my God. 
He's my savior. He's my rescuer. He's my deliverer. He, he is the one who comes to my aid when I feel like I'm about to go under. He says, he's my God. And if you've got somebody who is your refuge, and if you've got somebody who is your fortress, and if you've got somebody who is your God, he says you ought to place your trust, that is your confidence, that is your fidelity in that one. He says put your trust in it. That's why the songwriters used to say, I will trust in the Lord. How long will you trust in him? He says, until I die. Why? Why until I die? Because when I look back over the history of my life, all I can say is that he has never let me down. Do you recognize that floods tried to drown us and we still here? Do you recognize that hurricanes tried to chase us away and we still here? Do you realize that, that, that fires tried to burn us out? But yet, well, watch out now. But we still here? Yeah. I said we are, <laughs> y'all better leave me alone. I said we are still here. Why? Because he is our God. And no matter if the, if the economy turns down, you don't have to fret. Because the Bible says that I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Yes, nor his seed begging bread. But I'm about, to, I'm about to shout myself happy right there. If this ain't doing you no good, it's blessing the heck out of me. I said, because God, when I look back over my life, he has always been there. He's always been there. He never let me down. He always shows up at the right time. You know what right time is? Right time is when uh, you're about to drown. You, you, you're in the water because he never said we wouldn't be in water. But, but, but it's when you have, have taken a drink of that salty gulf water. And, uh, and you know it don't taste good. And you know it's not meant to be consumed. But, but, and you're about to go under, and here it is. He, there he is. He stretches forth his hand, and he lifts us. Y'all are hearing what I'm saying. He, he lifts us from, from that place. Yeah, God. Somebody say God is good. He lifts us. He is our Savior. He is our rescuer. Have you ever wondered how you're going to make ends meet? That he came through? Right in the nick of time. You see, when we are facing uncertainties, we don't have to throw in the towel. The good news of this text is we can trust God. I said we can trust God. And here's what, here's what the songwriter said. Be not dismayed. Whatever be time, God will take care of you. Beneath his wings of love abide, God will take care of you. So, beloved, who's ever watching this, and you're still feeling a little bit uncertain, trust God, even in the midst of uncertainty. This text today was tailored to teach us that we can trust God. 
because he is. <laughs> he is. Somebody say he is. And he is our sanctuary. And he's our strength. And he's our savior. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you.